Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. It's the most rugbyest time of the year. <laughs> Discussions, concussions, collusion with Russians. Johnny Mace picks Korea. It's the most rugbyest time of the year. It's the most professional season we've had. Props getting lean, mince pie flavoured protein. We are catching the ball. It's the most professional season of all. Passes be fizzing, back lines they be sizzling, and fly halves be playing gung ho. Men stood drunk at the bar, self and stuck in their car, and some partner shouting, Oh no, my ball! It's the most rugbyest time of the year. There you go. Beautiful. Never, never too early for Christmas, is it? Incredible, JB. <laughs> that really is. Was that uh, Steve Diamond doing the backing vocals for you? <laughs> yeah, I had to get a, a full a full band in here. <laughs> backing singers. It got um. Yeah, it got pretty pretty heated actually. Yeah, I imagine. Well, Steve Diamond's got a little bit more time to uh, for, for such ventures at the minute. Well, where do you think he's watching the rugby for the next six weeks? Well, exactly. <laughs> down, the, down the dungeon? Uh, well, listen, uh, this <laughs> you're listening to right now is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We take our singing very, very seriously, as you just heard. Um, this is the international edition of the podcast. We'll be doing a domestic rugby, which will cover all the Avicii Premiership, Top 14, Pro, Pro 14, all the rest of it. We will do that uh, later in the week. However, this is all about international rugby. I'm Tim. Uh, I'm good to go. That is JB. Hello, Timothy. You good to go? I'm very good to go. You, you sh- you sh- oh no, actually, I'm just hearing. No, you've got cramp now. Ah, oh. you, you just you just developed cramp. I so see s- what you did. Stay right there. I'm just going to go to the TMO to see if Phil uh, if if uh, Phil has cramp as well. Oh no, the TMO appears to be watching X Factor and is not seeing what everybody else <laughs> is seeing. <laughs> Suffice to say, there's plenty of talking points this weekend. Hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, and let's let's get into the podcast. And actually, before we do, um, got a couple of reviews, and I'm so sorry. I'll have to get your names afterwards. I wrote down the reviews and didn't write down the name of the people responsible oh. for it. But um, please leave your reviews on the Apple Podcast Store, or iTunes, or whatever you can still call it that if you want, or Acast or whatever uh, it says the only comparable levels of rugby excitement caused by listening to the egg chasers podcast 
is found in Jiffy's commentary at the sniff of a Welsh overlap. <laughs> Ooh, or, <laughs> there was there was not not much uh, sniff of that this yeah, week. Or by Nigel Owens when he senses the opportunity to use some of his untested stand-up material uh, <laughs> um, material on misbehaving front rows. Let the boys play. And then another another review said overly opinionated, self-obsessed garbage. Five stars. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I like. So thank you very much for those. Uh, leave your reviews. Right, loads of international rugby. So many talking points. We could be here all night, but we'll have to just try and streamline it somewhat. But should we start the big game? Not not just because. I'm being paroch- a parochial Englishman, but the England Australia game was the was the big game of the weekend beforehand, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be quite an interesting uh, eighty minutes as well. A lot of talking points coming out of this one. Um, Seventy minutes, very interesting. Without that much, act- well, without that much to cheer because of the disallowed tries, and there was only one try until the what was it seventy first minute or seventy second minute from uh, certainly from an England, well, from either team. Hmm. We said at the start of the uh, Autumn Internationals that winning for England is it isn't enough just for them to get three wins. They need to win well. Yeah. So by that standard, where does this result rank? If you just look at the score sheet, they won very well. Yeah. Thirty points to six is a big win. Yeah. Like I just said, if you take the first seventy minutes. And it was 13-6 after 71 or 72 minutes. Um, And you've got the two disallowed tries for Australia in that time and the one allowed try for England Mm. in that try. You probably say they're a little bit lucky. I think so. I don't think this is a particularly good win, actually. What I will say is if New Zealand had won like that, everyone would be going, oh, that's New Zealand. Look at them. They always always win in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, they would, actually. And I, I would, I'd count on that by saying, to, to turn the game around, or to, maybe not turn it around, but to to come away with that scoreline, I think it was partly the pressure that England did put on for a lot of the game, and also the bench coming off. Yeah, like Danny Care came off the so the pack was strengthened, or certainly didn't lose anything, um, and having someone like Danny Care who was brilliant for See, those three tries. You are absolutely right in what you were said what you're saying, but it kind of goes against what I'm thinking, which is I see England now as a remarkably effective but very blunt instrument. It's power, power, and then off the bench comes more power. But actually the guy you've rightly highlighted is Danny Kerr, who isn't that. Yeah, and the 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 tries were it was Danny Kerr, it was Jonathan Joseph, it was Johnny May. Mm. And the, it's skill and speed from those three I think it's relevant also to point out it was hammering with rain and England were were actually very accurate by comparison to Australia in really horrible conditions which was never going to be a big score to get I think regardless of when it occurred to get 30 points in those conditions against second v third ranked teams in the world I'd I'd take a lot of positives out of that there there were periods of the game when neither team could really get their hands on the ball though yeah, they were they were knocking it on, and then the opposition would just knock it on immediately after. Yeah, I think it's also worth talking a little bit now about England's seven issue, because we raised this last week. I said one version of it, Phil said another ver- ver- version of it. But how serious is Underhill's injury? Because I honestly don't think he is long for, in- for international rugby. I would 
I would agree. We both said it last week. Uh, I think he's got to slightly change his tackling technique. I think it's got, he's got, so, to, he's got so, to change it completely, isn't he? So that was... It was going in too hard with his head in the wrong place yeah. and, and got he- head on hip, hip on head, and he's hey, like, hey. The way he plays, I mean, it, it it's admirable, but it's psychotic. <laughs> I would say, arguably, and one of the questions I was going to throw in was, actually, I think England improved significantly with Laws on the flank, Itoji in the second row, and whether and just and, and Rob Shaw at seven actually I don't know it could be coincidental but I felt England were much more fluent with that I and so t- so if we were playing the All Blacks next week who would England pick I thought Atodji if everyone flank, was fit no? sorry was Atodji not on the flank no he well, went into second row he and... packed down at second row did he so for the scrums yeah Laws because do you not remember Laws slow to get across uh, one of the McMahon breaks at ah, the back right. of a scrum it was Laws at six. Yeah. I, well, I, I like it because I like the size of the pack. And they just ham- it, they just can hammer away then, and that's what they're good at. They're a very attritional team. It suited the conditions as well. That's true, that's true. The, it was perfect for the conditions, because arguably the like-for-like change would have been Simmons coming on. Yeah, all right, so mm. that question then. If, we were pl- if everyone was fit and you were playing the All Blacks next Saturday, uh, who gets the nod? Basically, would it be Laws on, in the back row or Underhill in the back row? I think I'd go Laws, because why not play in a style which suits you the best, which is just massive men ha- hammering away. That, yeah, definitely actually Laws. Um, if everyone's fit, I'd have uh, Nathan Hughes at six and Billy Van oh. at eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, that's... <laughs> I don't. Have to, I, do you know what? I don't think that would work. No, I don't think I don't that think works it'd be either. As be as good as Laws, because there's not enough. I, don't, I think there's there wouldn't be enough work that needs to be done. Oh, like, right. like I've just got. I just want to say this again. When we've said it before, but when you think about the stick that Chris Robshaw took and how he swallowed it, and here he still is playing like an absolute hero. He's a great man. I, he, I, I don't just say that. I actually believe it, it. Yeah, he, he is playing some brilliant rugby as well. He, I, I think he was one of the best players me, on the park. He reminds me a little bit. Like his attitude, his work rate, something, something Johnny Wilkinson esque about him. Just gets on with it. Works hard. And flashy, love it. Uh, real, real leader. Well, he has flashy moments as well. Yeah, so did Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, his hands are as good as anyone's in the English pack. Yeah, and he picks. He's not the fastest, but he picks some great lines. Um, yeah, I really admiring the, the way that Rob Shaw's playing. It wouldn't surprise me to see him being put back as captain at some point. I don't think they will do. Farrell went to captain, didn't he? When yeah, he, uh, did he? Yeah. I I just think. In almost in the same way that uh, Eddie Jones won't put put a seven on his back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He's <laughs> backed himself it's into a corner. Of, it's sort of Donald Trump-esque, isn't it? Which, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's spending all of his time trying to dismantle the memories of his predecessor. There's no way he's going back. <laughs> yeah, he's burnt. He's got to the other side and he's burnt those ships. Exactly. Some other positives for England. Uh, Joe Launchbury. The last time he started against Australia, he was also man of the match. But do you remember that? <laughs> Him having to take that medal when they lost in the pool stages of the World Cup. Oh, is that right? I, yeah. I oh. remember. I was, I was thinking then, did he not play in summer tour? He didn't start. Ah, uh, I got you. But justice for Joe. He didn't get yeah. the justice maybe for going on a Lions tour. I tell you what, England are... 19 tackles for Joe Launchbury. Yeah, inc- in- England are in ridiculously good shape for second row. When you when you can let George, George Cruis go and play club rugby. I know. It's just incredible. It's frightening, isn't it? Yeah. 
uh, other we, any uh, yeah, well uh, should we go through the, should we go through the big refereeing yes. decision come on because there was there were a few here yes so first of all the first disallowed try which was the the Hooper offside disallowed right. try okay does this stack up they gave an offside against that bloke that fella was it um Hooper oh, of course yeah yeah now does it matter that he was offside for the first kick, but then there's a su- subsequent kick. Yeah, it does. I bet Phil, you've got the law in front of you. I've I got it in case, but I was thinking Phil will have it. Uh, just bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> so eleven point one a offside in general play. A player who is in an offside position is liable to sanction only if the player does one of the one of three things: interferes with play, moves forward towards the ball. Or fails to comply with the 10-metre law. And so when it was kicked through by Kurundrani, Hooper was in offside position and he moved forward towards the ball before he was put onside, therefore he is offside. Yes, mm. and now the commentary team did not do a good job of explaining this. No. And subsequently, there's a lot of people, who, and, and I understand the confusion because it is complicated, but a lot of people f- said, but Kurundrani got in front of Hooper played him onside which he did surely which he did however as you say and just to elaborate on that 11.1c when a teammate of an offside player has kicked ahead the offside player in this case Hooper must not move forwards towards the opponents who are waiting to play the ball or move forwards towards the place where the ball lands until the player Hooper has been put onside so in other words if he just paused for a fraction of a second and then gone He'd have been fine. Yeah. But what about the subsequent kick? Is it like not like a breakdown where there's a breakdown and then sort of everything sort of resets? He, he was already offside yeah, by that point. So he's already committed an offence in doing that. So right, I've got you. It doesn't now, so if even if no try was scored, that really should just be a penalty. Yeah. It um, should be, but in if no try is scored and England gather the ball, you just say yeah, yeah, yeah. play on because it's irrelevant. Well, because so many people were scratching their head and it is very complicated and it was so marginal my philosophy would have been let the boys play and just Correct. just let it go. Yeah. Because I don't think it had a real material effect. Well, and, th- and that that law is rarely uh, rarely utilised in the way that that was. Yeah, and also I don't think it's relevant to the situation. So if there was a penalty, it should be a penalty there there and then. It should always be a penalty whenever that offence is committed. I don't like... All- these are almost like laws which you find on statute books saying yep. you can shoot a, a Welshman in Chester after 12 o'clock <laughs> on a Sunday. Yeah. You know yeah. they, they exist, but no one uses them. <laughs> uh, and the fact they then went for another kick, in my mind, sort of resets it. It feels like it's against natural justice. The referee at least did say specifically it would have been really bad if it had been spotted but not asked for. But the referee did specifically ask. For yeah, you're right. If if Hooper was offside when the, when when he kicked it, because it, quite often you see things like that happen. Exactly as you're saying, JB. These these laws get unearthed. Yeah. And get used when and spotted secondhand. Like oh, I was looking for something else, but I've just noticed he might have been six inches offside. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of what happened with the second disallowed try, where they went back to look at the grounding, but it was actually the um, obstruction, obstruction by Stephen Moore yeah, that took out a, Rob Shaw. That's which, a, a tough one, that isn't it? I think again. I, I think just I think the right call according to the laws was made, but it is if you're an Australian, you'd be a bit frustrated that they were checking another thing, and then went back to. But isn't the whole point in the art of asking the question? So they make a big song and dance. Or has the right question been asked? Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because they're going to review everything anyway, so don't ask. 
Just say, replay that and tell me what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the only question they can ask now. Because otherwise, they should stick to the remit of what the referee has asked. Yeah, because re- I think the ref just said, can you tell me about the grounding, please? Yeah. Okay, uh, do my job. And on, on that one, when the ball was passed, Chris Robshaw was in an offside position. Yeah. But he got back onside behind yeah. the hindmost foot oh. before he then made the tackle. He did. So he got he was offside, got himself onside, then was obstructed, then made the tackle. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for a Australia try at that point just to make it a bit make tasty. Make it interesting. Um, and, and, it is hard to argue that wasn't an obstruction, though. Yeah. And Rob Shaw, even with the obstruction, did unbelievably well. Do you think it was held up? I think he was held up on the first pass. And then rolled over and, and then scored. I, I think I probably get, would give the benefit of the doubt that he, that he made contact with the ground yeah, in the second. But but I would not have... So to Aussies, any salty Aussies who are upset <laughs> about it, we understand your frustration. I think we're all in agreement the right laws were applied and they were applied correctly, but we would have been perfectly happy had the referee also given the tries. Yeah. So maybe you just you, let the Hooper one go. Possibly, yeah. I would have been. But right da- with that. Daly's also wasn't a try, in my opinion. See, I, I think that was a try. Yeah, I think that was on the line. I, so he said, "Is anything clear and obvious?" And I don't think it was clear and obvious that it made contact with the line. It's it's Quato World Cup final. I, I'd trade. Yeah. I, I'd chalk off the Elliot Daly try if we can have that Quato try in the two thousand and seven <laughs> World Cup final. Yeah, definitely done. Um, that though, that passage of play for, that ran up to that Daly try was unbelievable. Yeah. It was just end to end to end. And Karevi makes that break. Yeah. Oh, that Karevi break where he runs through half the team, goes 60 metres, offloads out the back to Kurandrani, and he knocks the ball on when he would have glided on, under the sticks. There's something cosmic about that because you see it so many times. Oh. All the hard work's been done. Here you go, mate. Off you go. Boom. And then Curtly Beale is tracking across, and the ball is bobbling on the line. So close to the line. Curtly Beale was certain it was going to go into touch. And daily, that last 40 metres that he ran... Half speed? Stuart Barnes could have run that. Yeah. Uh, less than half speed. Stuart Barnes t- today could have run that faster. And this is, and if you're an Australian fan, this is the sort of thing you need to look at. Like, Stephen Moore didn't need to be in that position. Yeah, it's two of them going for the same ball. Two of them going for the same ball. Stephen Moore didn't need to be in that position, and you score the try. Um, Hooper could have just waited a millisecond just held just held his run for a fraction of a second you score the try Beal runs until he plays the whistle and assumes the worst England don't score a try yeah mm. and two, two other ones I'll give you the two yellow cards so neither of which I have a problem with the the Hooper the ref explained it brilliantly you've tackled the man in the air You've then collapsed them all, and you've then been offside twice. In a single passage of play, you have committed four offences. Within your own five-metre line, there's a yellow card. And Hooper looks incredulous. Like, he cannot believe yeah. that he's been told these things. Yeah. Then a few minutes later, Curtly Beale, clear, slap down. It wasn't a slap up, like Curtly Beale was saying, no, I, I tried to hit it up, I tried to catch it. It was a clear slap down. And again, he looks incredulous that the referee can give him a yellow card. How dare you? I'm Curtly Beale. Exactly. Do you not know who I am? Do, do you know, I think Hooper would benefit from playing at level 10 rather than level 12 <laughs> continually. 
because he does so much work. I, <laughs> I thought, thought like... you were saying like level ten, like uh, Tok H or level eight. Just oh, drop, right. drop down <laughs> a few tiers. <laughs> that would be three levels below Tok H. <laughs> but yeah, he he benefit from just dialing it down a tiny bit. Yeah, because he's he's in the middle of everything, and most of the time it's illegal. It's back to back yellow cards, and is he yeah. now the most yellow carded international player? Is, is he? I, I I heard that stat. It may be wrong, but. Anyway, he gets yellow carded a lot, and he's the captain, and he is amazing and a, a beast, and he's got an incredible work, engine. But he can be a liability. Yeah, and it's so one thing I really don't like is his and uh, Chica and Beal, their attitude to the decisions. And Genya mm. as well. He was Genya, getting, he was getting right in the ref's face. Yeah, but um, Chica when he's sarcastically clapping the referee during the game and then the interviews he gave afterwards where he's just he comes across so bitter he probably is I mean well, I'm going to come to his defence ever so slightly given that there's a quite a topical um, high profile director of rugby in England who's been banned for his <laughs> comments true he didn't go that far he didn't and what he actually said was when he was ch- uh, questions on it and he did this in the press conference and he did it in the interview immediately afterwards he he said it you know do you agree with that do you agree with the uh, decisions it doesn't matter they were given and and what he said was great whether he meant it or whether he his face told the same story is a different matter what, <laughs> yeah. he, what he said was and it's a good lesson for a director of rugby who's maybe feels aggrieved is he he just <laughs> said we're building a no excuses culture and we've got we've got to rise above things like that that's exactly right because the only way referee criticism really works is if you believe that A, the ref is incompetent or the ref is cheating. And that's why I don't like it because I don't think it's a good position to start with that you think the ref is incompetent, particularly with the amount of training and the amount of experience that these guys have got. You can't find anyone else better in the world in, in most cases. Um, and the other one, you know, to question the integrity of, of the official does deserve a ban mm. because that's questioning the integrity of everything. Then The whole thing's a sham. Yeah, so uh, Chica... Yeah, sarcastic clapping, and well, I suppose what you get up to there when there's a camera trained on you. Uh, yeah, you could watch it, but at least what he said was was uh, slightly magnanimous. But I, I will also say there were some England players bleating at the referee, and, and I hope that unlike the feeding into the scrum laws, which they said at the start of the year, yep, yeah, hookers must hook and the the ball must go in straight, uh, that they've just abandoned that. I hope that actually they get a grip of this chatting back to the referee. Because a, mm. a couple of yellow cards for it, a few penalties, and it'll be done. It'll be gone. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't know why they're letting it more and more into the game. Maybe it's because, maybe because like the stakes are so much high, so much higher now. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Something that did, uh, I did find strange. Um, and you two, well, might know you've both played front row in the past. Um, this pre-engage that no, no, Engl- but... England got pinged for three or four times, Australia yeah. got pinged for a couple of times. There was. Four or five free kicks given for pre-engaging. Yeah. So, I'm just trying to think why this is a problem. I mean, effectively, the front rows are all locked up with no hit anyway to start with. Yeah. Why is a pre-engage such a big deal? Exactly. The the hit was taken away to make it more stable, uh, which it has done that. You have fewer mm. collapse scrums now than you did kind of four or five years ago when you really had that enormous hit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, how much... Worse is the pre-engage. I don't really understand. Mm. Yeah, I I don't like it. I think they should just be a little bit more uh, practical with the whole thing. Pragmatic, even. Pra- yeah. 
and just let you know, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Yeah, but, I agree with that. Um, in terms of uh, yellow cards, most yellow cards in international rugby is Michael Hooper. Second. Uh, you've got three players on second. Well, let's have a guess. Two, uh, two are predictable. One is surprising. I Dylan, must say. Dylan Hartley. I was, uh, was, was going to say, is Dylan Hartley got loads of yellows? That's more club, isn't it? Yeah, more club. Um, and and Matt Kvezic's hardly played any uh, <laughs> yeah, any international <laughs> rugby. I can tell you the highest. Trevor Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon it'll be. What nationality do you guess it'll be? I reckon there'll be a Frenchman in there. No, oh, yeah. no Frenchman. So there's three in second place. So Michael Hooper's got eight. Three have got seven, and there, there is. I can tell you the nationalities. There is an Italian. Ah. There is a Canadian. Jamie Cudmore. Correct. Oh yes. Uh, and there is a South African. Uh, South African. The South African is surprising. Like a Dean Grayling or someone. Think, more like... think more players who've had the most caps. Backies Boater. Nope. Victor Matfield. Victor Matfield. No. Nope. Uh, uh, Victor John, John Schmidt. Five. No. Nope. How about a centre? The the beast. No. Nope. The under Villiers. Nope. Oh, I don't know. Who? Uh, he's had a lot of. He's had more than hundred caps. So he's well known. Very well known. Brian Habana. Correct. Really? really? Ah, yeah, a lot of slap. I imagine a lot of slap down balls. A lot of taking people high in the air. High yes. Shots, that kind of thing. And the last one is Italian. Italian. A, a front rower. Nope. Jeez. Lot of caps. Former former Italian captain. Not a front rower. Parise? Not a number eight. No. Uh, uh, Dominguez? No. No. Captain him for a long time. Again, I think he's got more than 100 caps. Christian Stoiker? Oh, uh, Bortolami? Bortolami. Ah, right, okay. And do you know the most yellow-carded Englishman? Hmm. Uh, still playing today. Okay. Not... Playing for England right now, but still playing rugby. James Haskell. Correct. Boom. How about that? Mm. Yeah, very good. Excellent. But before we depart England, just a couple of uh, things I want to bring to the table. One, I just want to thank again Fox Sports for making that video that they made before the uh, England series in Australia. Because since (laughs) then, we've won (laughs) 5-0. And also, on the Sky Sports coverage... I'm all right. I'm 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 all right with it. A lot of people have a lot of negative things to say. I th- I think it's I think it's all right in some respects. There was one bit of commentary I found uh, entertaining. Stuart Barnes. It was when Australia were trying to get on the board and they opted to kick at goal. And he and he was at pains to say, I don't think this is the right decision. I don't think this is the right decision. There was then a discussion of about a minute from the from the commentary team and the pundits on whether it was the right decision. At which point Stuart Barnes said, "Going for the points. Right thing to do here. Right thing to do." <laughs> Yeah, I just think Sky suffered because they've been left behind somewhat. Uh, I, I do think they've got some good presenters, actually. Um, but they are just miles behind. It just oh. feels all so buttoned up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure we've got hours on Stuart Bond, so let's just... Stuart Bond, Flat- Graham Simmons, Miles Harrison, they're great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Flatman came to Stuart Barnes' defence on Twitter today. Why did he do that? <laughs> I, I've, I've said all along, I, I kind of don't mind him. I think it's there's a lot of nostalgia and time invested. Well, I used to go and watch Bath when he played for them, yeah. back, way back in the day with Victor Abogu and uh, and Gareth Chilcott and, and the like. But 
also the rugby club on a Thursday night. That was. I used to love the rugby that, club. I used to love that. I, I used did. to be that was an institute institution. I used to make sure I got home or recorded it even back from rugby practice. Bang yeah. it on. Yeah, it was absolutely absolutely quality. Do you remember their feature that lasted about three weeks called the Dark Arts? And it's to explain like you know the Dark Arts, and it it meant to go for I think eight weeks. It went for two. Because once you've done the front row, it's like, yeah, well, what do we do now? Uh... I would say as well, if we watched an episode of that now, it would look really, really dated. What? There's, just, we... there's just three guys stood around a TV screen for an hour and a half. I wonder if we can, on? can get an episode of... Um, some of us have an, a, a way to watch uh, the rugby club from 2000. Well, I, I recorded an episode of it that I was on the highlights scoring a try. Have you got it? On the uh, I, Somewhere, but I don't know. Find that. Find for, that. For, for Newbury, on, on when they used to cover the championship stuff. Anyway. Oh, they did, didn't they? Uh, right at the end. Right at the very end, they show like the odd clip of yeah, two games. Because I used to watch it to find out how Manchester had done because I had a mate that moved up there. There you go. Um what I was going to say, I was going to add something further about that. Never mind. Uh, so... Foley with a moustache can't kick. Every every <laughs> every time he does Movember, he he loses. The, he, he gets his clown shoes on again. And Jonathan Joseph, all those years of backyard slip and slide on that little yeah. slip mat in the back garden came in handy, didn't it? He picked that ball up about ten yards out, <laughs> and I'm sure he only got across the line because I think it was Reese Hodge like dived on him and gave him that extra <laughs> extra push. He did. Now, yeah. Now we are all big Johnny May fans now. Yeah. I didn't used to be, but I am now. Right. You recognise consistently. Yeah, consistent, consistently world class. Consistently something. Every, week in, week out. Now, these guys, he's not the biggest man on... Nope. On any rugby team. Nope. He wouldn't be the biggest man on Talk H rugby team. He wouldn't be the biggest man on uh, under-16s yeah. rugby team. So how did professional athletes not stop him crashing over? He ran through, like, three men. Yeah. I, it's I don't power. It's science. It's, it's power. Uh, physics. Power is force times acceleration. Yeah, force yeah, equals force he, equals mass times acceleration. Yeah, but yeah. he's not going to two hundred miles an Thank hour. you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> what, what what's uh, what's power then? Speed times force. <sighs> Something like that. Done. I, don't know. Whatever. Don't so, know. It's all it's all the same thing. If you're proper quick, you can be you can be smaller because you, you generate the same force. Yeah. I, I just amazed. and he runs. He, he's as quick as Usain Bolt. Don't forget, as we heard this week. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> not sure that's a correct uh, application. Oh, uh, you heard about the career story? Hey, hey. oh, about... oh God, yeah. Oh. What, what so was... there, yeah, there was a couple of interesting sh- stories from Johnny May this week. So, the career story. Yeah. So, have you had either of you seen this previously? Well, yeah, I, I, I wrote for... a verse about it. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot to mention it last week because I had seen the story before. We all forgot to mention it last week. But yeah, it's been bubbling around for a bit. Yeah, so he I remember him saying it, actually. He said he'd like to go to Korea or something. Yeah. And then they reached out to him, I think, and said, do you want to come over? Yeah, the Korean, North Korean, North Korean embassy. The S- South Korean embassy, if they reach out to you, you probably want to go. Yeah, exactly. Seoul sounds like a really nice place. Kim Jong-un, Dennis Rodman, and Johnny May. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a crew. Yeah. I think I'd have gone. Ooh, I'd be a bit nervous. I'd be nervous, but you never... Yeah, when would he get that opportunity again? True. And they've got that amazing hotel in Pyongyang. The one that's been yeah. constructed since like the early 90s. Apparently, one of the wor- it's meant to be one of the worst-looking buildings of all time. You know, it looks like the big glass. It's like a yeah, big, I, big triangle. I don't even actually think it looks that bad, actually. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure I'd 
design it. I'm not sure I'd have it as my house. But uh, so I'm not sure I'd go because if you're having a bit of downtime and going, it's going to be demoralising going to golf courses where you know someone has scored a hole in one on <laughs> on, every, on every hole in one round. <laughs> I don't, uh, as Kim, what was Kim Jong Un's dad uh, dad called? Kim Jong Il. Il. Yeah. Him. So all right. So. This is why you go. If you're Johnny May, eventually your rugby career is going to come to an end, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's trying to get on the after-dinner speaking circuit. (laughs) Yeah. You want to be taking every opportunity you possibly can. That's why James Haskell is actually one of the most interesting guys in rugby. Because he has been everywhere. He's played everywhere. You want to get as many experiences that this game can open doors to as possible, including defying foreign foreign office advice and going to, <laughs> South, uh, going to North Korea. Or you could do what it, evidently the England team were doing a lot in the build-up to the game and having coffee with the boys. Oh. If you look at their Instagram pages, yeah. there was a lot of coffee with the boys going on. They actually had a barista session on Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> what can you learn from a barista? <laughs> How to make a coffee. It's... Why? If but, you want to make, if you want to know the difference between a macchiato and a cortado, go to a barista session. Haven't, but haven't they uh, got? Isn't Chris Robshaw and a couple of the others? Don't they all own coffee shops as well? <laughs> yeah, and also there is a coffee brand in Saracens. There is one. I'm sure there's one coming out of Wales, which is owned by Rib Players. There's Crouch Couch Bind Coffee up in the, up, uh, up here around couch, my sales. Couch Grind Coffee, isn't, isn't it? it? Couch. Crouch bind coffee. No, 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 it's couch grind coffee. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you said, you said. Crouch. Oh, is, is you this? Oh, is this? Oh, I've only just. Is it a thing? Is it a little play on words of crouch bind engage? Oh, but it, it might be. It might be. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 these coffee companies are coming up ev- everywhere, so it does not surprise me that they all have coffee with the boys. Why, coffee with the boys. Why? I mean, exactly. What qualifies you to talk about coffee because you've got some rubbish tattoos and some stupid facial hair? <laughs> it's beyond me. Oh, what did I go on earlier? I went on a website. Uh, I went on Amazon. In fact, do it now, Phil. Go on to okay. am- Amazon.co.uk. And uh, what was the game? Barista or I can't remember. No, we had barista sheet. Anyway, there's some picture. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I'll find it another time and I'll tweet a picture because I can't remember where it is. But I was looking around on the website today. Um, and I found this picture and it said, something for the modern man. And the picture <laughs> of this apparently modern man is basically the stereotypical barista. They're not... High they're, and tight haircut. They're not men. Black <laughs> black rimmed glasses. Yeah. I bet aren't even lenses. Yeah. Tattoos all up the arm. Um, so so uh, one of my uh, girlfriend's friends, who is a doctor who works in London... His ex-boyfriend, there was um, a BuzzFeed article about the 21 types of hipster <laughs> that you'll see in London. Ah, awesome. He, so one of them was a picture of uh, the hipster wearing glasses that doesn't have them for prescriptive purposes. And it was a picture of my my wife's friend's boyfriend. I think I've met him. Yeah, he, he came to our wedding, Chris, yeah. Chris Brown. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I, why professional rugby players need need to have a barista, barista session is beyond me. Unless, actually, wasn't isn't Barista Session the first album from Barista Chic? <laughs> barista <laughs> Session. <laughs> oh dearie me! Well, so we've talked enough about England. Tell um, you what, that is some hardcore rugby chat there. That really was. <laughs> uh, here you go. This is Buzzfeed article. <laughs> nice. Twenty-one types of hipster. 
the uh, the ones who clearly have no medical need for those glasses. Should, <laughs> the they, very first one. They should be all thrown into wood chippers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, good article. This. <laughs> <laughs> the ones nice. Oh, what a bunch of bells! <laughs> There's also if you want to I'll see tweet this. It, uh, yeah, tweet the But also, we uh, if you want to just go next level on your appreciation of stereotypical hipsters, it's a song that's been around for ages. That, oh, I love, that we oh. love. The, di- the dickhead song. Shall I get yeah. it? Up? Shall I get it up for the end of the show? Just get yeah. it up for the end of the show. We'll, at the end of the show, we'll play the dickhead song. Yeah, absolutely. that is brilliant. It is. Uh, right. It, that, was, that was England, Australia, <laughs> with some little tangents. Yes. Uh, so, the other big and exciting game of the weekend was Scotland, New Zealand. Oh. Do, do you want to go there straight away or hold that, keep the powder dry? Ooh. Because we can probably, well, I'll tell you what, we can probably rattle through, at least, well, we can probably rattle through Ireland and Italy and the other little smaller games just really quickly. So, but before I do, I want to just remind you that we have an amazing deal with Cornerstone. Now, I'm thinking it's nearly the end of this, uh, November, Christmas around the corner. You could get a really top gift for any male in your life, dad, or, or female. brother, or female. husband, or female. Yeah, why not? Uh, because for four quid, or for, just treat yourself as well. For four quid, because you listen to us, you can get in a beautiful cornerstone presentation box, which will come with your aluminium heavy weighty shaft with your initials on it. This is why it's called as a Christmas present. It looks way better than four quid. Uh, and your six precision engineered award-winning razors they're the they're the original mail order razor company they're the best despite other com- country uh, com- countries companies trying to come in and copy their model they are the original and the best and award-winning for a reason four quid less than a pint cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout right <clears throat> island youngsters sneak through against fiji good they good did. Uh, good I saw only the very last kick of this game, so you have to tell me what, what happened. Uh, so they made hard work of it. They did. They started really well, and Joey Carberry looked very good, couple of breaks. But then, it's a, that is a, a seriously good Fijian side. It is. So, Ireland were under strength, and they put um, some young lads out there. But that Fijian side is good all round, and they've got mm. dangerous guys right across the park. Uh, so... It's a bit disappointing for, for them not to get more out of the game. Bear in mind, you mentioned Joey Carberry. He did show up well. Now, bear in mind, he is now a, a solid member of the Ireland squad. Yep. Is Would it be better for Ireland if he were to move province? So he can play full-time. Mm. Because a year ago, we'd have been saying, oh, no, he's in the perfect spot. He'll get, he gets to learn from Johnny Sexton, and he'll get plenty of games when Johnny Sexton's playing for Ireland. But he's he's, ma- he's really making the step up. Yeah, and he's doing a lot, isn't he? Playing uh, of fifteen, and they're sort of shoehorning him into positions that he doesn't necessarily need to be in. Yeah, which look at someone like Slade—is that the right thing to do for uh, someone who could be an excellent ten? And because they have this fluid nature with the provinces and the island, you know, controlling the players, it just seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I think I'd send him to where would I send him? Ulster. Yeah, definitely. We're missing one young uh, fly half. Ooh, don't talk about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Connacht maybe. Um, in fact, no, they, they, but they, they all need fly halves except for Leinster. I, I guess Johnny Sexton won't last forever though. Yeah, Munster, all right, with fly halves. They got Blaine Dahl and Keatley. Now, is Blaine Dahl one day going to be Irish? Is that the plan? I think so. They're definitely thinking about it, aren't they? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. To join up with CJ Ostander and Bundy Owaki. Good for yeah. them. Good for them. 
so yeah, it was it, there was lots of young guys involved. Some of the guys that got some game time in the summer, and one name that I, I, I'm going to mention it again because a star of the. Let future. me guess. Did you spot him? Huh? <laughs> did you spot him? No, no, no. Okay. I, I I did bring him to your attention a couple of years ago. Oh, so yeah, that's fine. Okay, go on. But no, no, he's just gonna be a great player. Andrew Porter, the the next prop coming through at Leicester. Oh, I, I don't know. Loose head prop. Um, oh, you might have shifted to tight head a little bit actually in the last year or two. Um, anyway, he's a prop coming through at Leinster. They've already got in- incredible resources there, but he's the next one, and he um, he played for Ireland it's, at the weekend. Uh, Ireland are just the leading light. Maybe, maybe in the them and New Zealand, I think, are like one A and one B of how a small country should manage it. It's it's rugby resources. Agreed, and we we may well compare and contrast with another nation <laughs> uh, in a little bit. Uh, elsewhere, the other results: Italy lost to Argentina. Um, what was a, the score? Uh, in, um, Thirty points to eighteen, or something like that. Yeah, um, there was a couple of late uh, Argentina tries to make it more respectable for them. Oh, sorry, and you just forgot on the Ireland one, just because you know we brought it up. Um, retain the JB Cup, which is tremendous news for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Only just, yeah, yeah. God, imagine losing it. <laughs> and then, what other games uh, were there in the peripheries? There was Brazil beat Belgium. Good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I tell you, a big one. Um, Germany USA. How did that go? Uh, USA won quite comfortably, forty six seventeen. Oh, that is quite. It comfortable. was one, two, three, four, five, six tries to two. Go USA. Eagles. Yeah, indeed. Uh, any news on Spain? Uh, Spain also lost to Canada. Mm. Uh, where is it? Not got it in front of me. There you go. Uh, twenty seven, twenty seven, thirty seven. A closer game. Hmm. That that is pretty close actually. Yeah, and it was it was four tries all actually. That just Canada's kicking was better. Uh, yeah, so Spain are the only tier two nation who have a coach. And I'm, I'm, I've said this before. But I'll say it again. Who is from that nation? Everyone else is basically using um, Kiwis or South Africans. Hmm. Yeah, that that is interesting. Actually, or Welsh people. So yeah, there you go. Uh, and the other, the most exciting tier two nation for a lot of people. Georgia. Let's let's touch on this Wales game then. We'll keep our powder dry because there's plenty we want to talk about with Scotland. There's not a great deal to talk about within the 80 minutes for Wales. Yeah, it was hugely. only after they the 80th minute that they, it, they got interesting. They are poor. They are out and out poor. And when you get past their first 15, their best 15, I'm I'm not sure what they're what they're bringing. So it's good for a couple of young lads. I like Owen Watkins to, Owen to Watkins start was and good, play. Actually. Sam Croft. Cross Davis, the, the blindside flanker, or Not, second row we played. It was eight. good to see British Lions Corey Hill and Christian Dacey getting some <laughs> yeah. game time. And you can really see why the Lions, can't you? After <laughs> after that display, um, Corey Hill did all right. I, the, the, the smartest thing Chris, Christian Dacey has ever done is keep his hair long, because everyone just assumes that he's a free running, <laughs> you know, hybrid type hooker, and he's he's not really. He's just an average hooker. Yeah, he is just an average. He's very average. So, so not wanting to open a big can of worms and get into a huge long debate, but just briefly, you touched upon Ireland and how well they manage their provinces and their national side and the development of players. Well, there within, what's gone wrong at Wales? Because it's not a dissimilar setup. Okay, so what I would say is never discuss Welsh rugby because just discussing Welsh rugby will automatically bring out some horrible bitterness. <laughs> from within inside you so you know if you if you look at the coverage of you know some of the welsh rugby writers one in particular you will see that is exactly what has happened so just don't discuss it because you'll end up really really bitter and miserable <laughs> okay well they've they've got lots 
They've got lots to do and lots to go because you don't quite see where the answers are. No, and it's not with it's not with the regions because they're they're a bit of a joke. Um, you know, everything about it is just awful. I mean, you know, it's so politi- it's so po- like political. Um, even the even the people who kind of support the regions want all the other regions to fail. Mm. It's just you know. It, it isn't Welsh rugby is not an area that uh, should be reported on, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's, let's let's get back to the game then. And as Phil mentioned, a dire eighty minutes as a spectacle. Uh, interesting. I'm not going to say a, it was certainly a spectacle in after the eighty minutes had rolled by. It was an interesting finish, wasn't it? Yeah. So eighty minutes and it's thirteen six. Georgia have the ball. And they have multiple phases, in fact, inside Wales's 22. Mm-hmm. If they score and convert it, they draw, which would be ultimately a very good result for, for Georgia. Um, now, one of our favourite players, or certainly one of the most mentioned players on this podcast, mostly for bad reasons, mm-hmm. Thomas Francis makes a decision to... <sighs> go to the barbers and ask for that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Careful, the barber follows us, so be nice. <laughs> he subsequently makes another decision that there is uh, a Georgian man standing on the periphery of the rook, uh, and he just dives in, in at the side, off his feet, and gives away a penalty five yards from his own line, and gets himself sent off. Uh, yellow card. In- England's loss. Um, <laughs> right. So brain dead, wasn't it? That. What happens then? Yeah, that in itself was brain dead. What happens then? You've got two props, albeit only one is a tight head in uh, Leon Brown. So Leon Brown, Leon Brown got taken off after 56 minutes as a tactical change. Yeah. He was warming up on the side. After, after 56 minutes of getting battered yes, sorry, in scrums. 56 minutes. Of, worth worth mentioning that. Of getting battered by an enormous and extremely experienced uh, Georgian front row who pretty much all play their tra- trade doing very hard shifts in France. Yeah, actually, except for one... And, of, and, and deadlifts in their spare time. Sorry, and yeah. actually the hooker plays his rugby in Siberia. Really? So you know, you think you're getting a let off? Maybe this guy's not quite as hardened. No, no, no. You've seen, you've seen Rocky Four. That's yeah. the gym for the for the NSI team. He Just trained, the, that shed that Rocky was in with the rocks. He trains yeah. full time in Siberia, a place they used to send people as a punishment. <laughs> so yeah, a bit of rain, not really a problem, is it? So yeah, yeah. So, I'll let you pick up the story, Phil. So Liam Brown is he's stripped. He's ready. He's he's warm to go on. He's stretching on the touchline as well. Yeah, and. Uh, the the fit, the strength and conditioning coach Paul I can't remember his last name yeah um who's worked with the Lions worked with Wales um he is talking into his mic to Howley and Gatland who are in the the coaching box upstairs and there's a very very long pause and then all of a sudden neither of the two props um Leon Brown in particular but neither of the two props who were tactically subbed off stripped off stripped b- out of their tracksuits stood on the sideline yeah all of a sudden they are neither of them are fit to go back on despite it being a tactical change um and so Wales have to go uncontested and instead of bringing a front row on they can bring uh, well, instead of bringing a prop on, they prop brought on. Christian they, they, Dacey on. No, they didn't bring Christian Dacey. They brought um, Davis, the number eight, the flanker slash number oh, eight. Oh, no, you're but right. Dacey was stripped and ready, but yeah. he didn't go on because they didn't then have to bring a front rower on. So they brought 
a back row are on. That is ridiculous. And uh, so, so Georgia opted for a line out instead of a scrum. Now, it's, it's important to say that there's no guarantee Georgia would have scored if it was a scrum. But, yep. it, but it was their best chance because yep. Wales were a man down and Georgia had been dominating them. So I actually yes. turned this game off with five minutes to go, so I missed all this. Typical. Um, that, to me, wasn't the controversial bit. No. The controversial scrummaging. Uh, and it just, it just kind of was a thought I had. Wales are scrummaging fairly badly. Tom, Tommy Francis is on. He is... I wouldn't say they're getting the better of him, but they've conceded a penalty. Georgians go for go for a scrum. He commits a penalty offence to go for another scrum. He commits another penalty offence to go for another scrum. And then he wins the penalty against Georgia. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is because I think it's ridiculous that you can win three penalties back-to-back, be camped on the Welsh line pretty much, and then one penalty the other way completely gets you out of danger. Yeah. It should be yellow card for, first up for that. Yeah. If you go for the scrum and you infringe, you are done. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Three penalties. I, I do know what you're saying, but it, it's a bit of a magic eight ball at scrum time sometimes, isn't it? Um, you, You've uh, got to give the... Be- I mean, if- yeah, some of the ones in this game, Georgia-Wales, yeah. they weren't a magic eight they ball. They, were, magic they eight were, ball. were clear penalties. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. It's particularly when, like you say, they're giving penalty reset penalty and then resetting yeah. the scrum. I, 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 I do get what you're saying. But just going back to this incident at the end, so I think it's important you pointed out that both the props were on the touchline because, well, firstly, Leon Brown's the tight head prop. Yeah. So he was the guy that had to go back on to scrummage. Yeah. Um, let's let's say for argument's sake, he did have cramp, which is what Warren Gatland said afterwards that he had cramp. Yeah. That developed after he was brought off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just say that that's the truth for a second. Then Nicky Smith would have to go back on, even in an uncontested scrum, because you would have to replace a front row with a front row, I think. But by by, by saying that Nicky Smith, or maybe that's not the case, maybe if yeah. it's uncontested you can put anyone on. I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to check sure, into but that. that. Wales did go down to 13 men because of that. No, they didn't. They did. No, that's that. That's there was another bit of confusion. The referee oh. thought that that was the case, and then the touch judge came in and said, "Oh, really? Oh no, that's not actually what you do. Oh, they, wow. All it means is Georgia can drop a man from the scrum if they want to." Okay. Ugh. Yeah. So, so the only player that they lost was Thomas Francis. Thomas Francis, and they so brought you, on a number eight. So they're basically at full strength. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they're stronger than full strength. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good, and so this has happened before in this year's Six Nations. If you remember the yeah. the, the incredible twenty minutes of free rugby we had, yeah, when it was Wales against France. See, I find that so much less egregious than this for some reason. Well, <laughs> let's just remind ourselves of what happened there. So that that was Uini uh, Antonio, Antonio, yeah, um, doctor ran on the field. And then he went off with an HIA. Slamani came back on. So it wasn't a case of going to uncontested scrums. It was just getting someone who was getting battered off. Yeah. And that is, the more I think about that, the more remarkable it is. Because when was the last time you ever saw a French doctor calling a HIA? Yeah. They're just not bothered normally. <laughs> no, no, they're not. So, uh, and in, in that incident, it was investigated and World Rugby took no action because I suppose ultimately all we have is the word of the coaches. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's up to you to decide if you believe Warren Gatland, Sean Edwards and Rob Howley, short of a polygraph test, which we're not going to get. There's, there's absolutely <laughs> nothing we can do. Uh, they say that Leon Brown 
had cramp, which was developed whilst he was sat for 25 minutes on the sideline, recovering after his 56-minute stint as a tight head prop for Wales. Maybe. Um, so uh, what, what I do want to do, though, is read you what Rob Howley said in March after the France game. Okay, So this is Rob, this is Rob Howley after they feel very hard done by by France. Integrity in our game is very oh, important. Oh, no. The process that saw the French tight head coming off was hugely disappointing. What happened in the last moments of that game should never happen again. Mm. Never again. The, ev- <laughs> the evidence suggests it's not in the integrity of our game. The integrity of the French <sighs> management team, that is. A referee, he trusts the information given by the coaches. We had a yellow card. We could have done exactly the same with Thomas Francis, but we didn't. He went back on. Um, and, and then Rob Howley, when he was asked, so are you accusing France of cheating? He said, I just question the, inte- the integrity of the decision that was made. If you want to call it that, it's up to you. We love our game, but what we witnessed in the last 10 minutes, I haven't seen before in international rugby. Right. Now, like, that, that's what makes it so distasteful. Yeah. I mean, there is a, list, a lesson here, isn't there? Don't be a sanctimonious idiot. You know, <laughs> as soon as you start uh, standing on Mount, on Mount Pius, you've got nowhere to go. You know, so if, if you want to do that, fine. But uh, when it no, do you know what people hate more than anything else? It isn't the guy who's a cheat. It isn't the guy who is. You know, if you are, if you are what you are, that's fine. It's a hypocrite. That's what really gets people. Yeah. So so if Neil Back, who before video technology won that. Heineken Cup final against Munster for Le- for Leicester with the sneaky hand yeah. in, in the scrum. If if he'd have then in a I don't know in the World Cup final been crying because Australia did something similar. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got, you got nowhere to go. Correct. Yeah, definitely. So you own it. Oh, that is awful. Yeah. So it it just it, it's really distasteful with me. So again, I'm I'm not going to go so far as to say. I'm not going to be. Well, I'll just use Rob Howley's own words. It's up to you to decide. <laughs> uh, to call it, call them a cheat if that's what you believe. Warren Gatlin says Leon Brown had cramp, but there's nothing we can do. Nope. nope. What? What is there? Because World Rugby might well look into this, but there's nothing they can do. Because if the coach says it, well, that's I mean, it. What if they do find? I mean, yeah. What are the sanctions for it? I can't imagine. I mean, they've basically thrown they've thrown a very good opportunity for Georgia to really put their name on the map, and you know that's it. It's gone now. Ruined. Well, how how long before it happens in a in a World Cup knockout match? Yeah. Well, it's happening in a Six Nations match, so it. I I don't know what the. I mean, my my thought is interchanges, and you have to declare when someone is injured. But well, they, you, they, they do. do. That, yeah, that's that, exactly what that they is do. What you said, do. Oh, he's injured now. Yeah, so I, I think they, that, they declare the tactical substitutions or an injury substitution because that was the whole thing. Do you remember Bloodgate mm-hmm. when uh, Evans? Nick Evans went off with a leg leg injury, but it was declared as a tactical injury. Yeah. So they just went and they like massaged him and iced him, and got him back on the pitch for the shot at a, a winning goal, a winning drop kick. Uh, so when Leon Brown went off, it was made clear it was a tactical because there has to be a note of whether yeah. it's tactical or injury, and um, and, and they said they said it was tactical. So I don't know in that circumstance unless you call it an injury what. I don't know if there's anything you can do. Just going back, at least in Bloodgate they tried. 
At least have the decency to try and cover it up. You know, this is just so poor. <laughs> they, they could have they could have actually injured him. That would have been the better thing to do. Well, this so, is... uh, Brown, your cooldown is uh, juggling with these chainsaws. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Hot coals on the floor now. <laughs> I'm not saying for a second it will it, it it will reverse anyone's overall reputation, but it it totally makes me feel. I, I'd like to think Eddie Jones wouldn't do the same. What? Eddie Jones? They'd all do the same. It's, but, it's too high pressure. Is maybe this is the reality we need to face, that this is just going to happen, and I, and Ma- I need maybe to get over the is. fact... It's like bleating at the ref, that's just a thing now. Uh, cheating cheating, and, and cheating and saying that players are injured to go uncontested scrums when you're getting battered and but, there's a five-metre scrum on the line. Maybe that's just the way it goes now. Uh, so, so I have no problem with it, mostly because I've faked injury uh, to come off a field because we're getting hammered in the scrum so badly against Rochdale in a cup final. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was asking me, like, I was, I was told to do it by, uh, by, 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 by coaches. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we were down. And Hello, we... Ro- Rochdale. Did you hear that? That's, that's on tape. Retrospective admission yeah, so... of... Uh, of... Did they, did they win? Deliberate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, right. That's okay then. We were up oh, okay. by, like, five points and they were camped on our line and our coach comes on at the time. No names. <laughs> just go down just go down and stay down so um, I, I did a great I did, I did a really good job actually uh, I came off but then of course someone else had to come off as well uh, and then Rochdale scored in the corner on the last play of the game to win the cup nice so yeah, what comes wrong goes around <laughs> but I have yeah. no problem with it yeah um, yeah I'd, 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 be, I'd be interested to see what if anything happens and how much I mean what I did think was great and I will give people credit Martin Williams on the telly yep. was great he called it and and he didn't say this is cheating he said this is extremely coincidental that yep. two props go down with cramp despite being stripped off ready to run on the pitch exactly yeah it's not on uh, he called Adam Jones was really yep. upset and called it on Twitter so there's quite a lot of very high profile Welsh names of uh, and journalists who are calling this, and I hope that continues because it's it's an embarrassment um, for Warren Gatland and his, know, and his amazing reputation. Well, it almost sounds like Rob Howley. I mean, actually, do the Rob Howley stuff. Oh, hang on. Do, do we know what he said about this afterwards? Uh, yeah, Gatland said D- he had cramp. Yeah. No, no. Do you know what Rob Howley said about it? No, because no, he wasn't. He was in charge in the Six Nations. Because I've just realised I've given Rob Howley a bit of a rough time as well as giving him a bit more of a rough time. But we actually don't know what he thinks about it. He could actually be against it. Yeah. No, I was just... Rob Howley was the man in charge in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I only had his quotes to go on. Yeah, and we've only got Gatlin's here. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, good. It's good. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Shall we get on to some positives then? Yes, positives absolutely. Positives for the whole nation. Absolutely. I can't believe this. I didn't watch this game. Oh, this was a great game. What a game. Take about Scotland, which feels wrong saying that because you lost and they could have won. And we've talked about Scotland a few weeks ago. We said they need to emerge from being gallant losers. That's what they need to do this autumn. Well, or just nail it down completely. <laughs> yeah. They're really good at it. <laughs> they are very good at that. But this was so a few years ago, Scotland would have put in kind of a solid 40 50 minute performance against a, a team like the All Blacks, and they would have ended up losing by 50 points because the All Blacks would have just run away with it. This in the 80th minute, when Stuart Hogg breaks through and they're still battling, and it, if that, Bowden Barrett wasn't tracking that back, that would have been a 50-metre try from Stuart Hogg to win the game. Yeah, it would have won it. It was... Uh, he was moving at some pace. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's faster, him or Corabetti? Because... <laughs> uh, I know who my money's on. Corabetti. Yeah. He's amazing. He, he... I've really got a lot of time for that guy. R- rugby is a simple game, isn't it? It's, it's two teams playing for 80 minutes, running around, and then Bowden Barrett uh, saves the day. Basically, uh, yeah. basically rugby. Sc- scores yep. a try with 10 minutes to go and makes a try-saving tackle. Best first receiver in the world. <laughs> it's just... Uh, I, do, I mean, you can tell from the way that Stuart Hogg completely shat the bed with his pass that he, he didn't re- he didn't realise Bowden Barrett was there. But, but when you're watching yeah. the telly, you're like, how did he get there? Yeah. He's he, he's read it, yeah. reacted to it, and then got the pace to get there. Mm. But uh, Scotland were brilliant. I mean, Stuart Hogg was magnificent right throughout and the Hugh Jones try a few minutes earlier where it's the hog little dink through the Seymour collect and then the immediate offload to to Jones who goes over that was brilliant and has scored some very influent I think he's on like is he six tries in ten games now he's a he's making a habit of he scored last week as well yeah he, he scores against big nations too so Scotland and it's not just that, so we spoke about their backs. Ah, their Bar- pack would. Barrett was playing fullback at the time. Was he? Yep. Ah, I just remembered that now. So because Mackenzie was there. Hmm. Don't know, but apparently he's playing fullback at the time, according to Facebook Live. Oh, was he defending at fullback? Maybe. Hmm. It, well, he's the best first receiver in the world, so maybe you want him at fullback in in defence. Hmm. So yeah, that was that. Anyway, sorry, Phil. What what were you saying? Well, just Scotland, so we spoke about their backs, and their backs were excellent, but their forwards were good, really good as well. They gave them a good platform. Um, to the, some young guys and some in, inexperienced guys, particularly in that front row. That yes. front row is, is really inexperienced. So what were they down to? Third choice, Lou said? Uh, lower than that. I think both their, tight, both their hookers were out. Yeah, Ford and Fraser Brown. Yeah, and the tight head was who? Xander Faggerson. Who Fidgerson. is probably... He's second choice behind WP Nell. I've not seen WP Nell for about two years now. He played last week. It, yeah, but not... Sorry, I say I haven't seen him. I don't think he's reached the heights of what he was, I say, in the World Cup, where he was probably the best in the world. He, he So, he's not playing... Well, I don't know is the honest answer, but you don't go from being a world-class prop to a... Uh, third-rate prop. So anyway, WP Nell is definitely first choice. So they're down to second choice, tight head as well. Mm. Um, and the back row having two players like Hamish Watson and 
John Barkley, who are both just good, intelligent players, good scavengers, know when to slow the ball down, know when to, to uh, well, have the option of winning quick ball. Now, isn't it interesting that the success built in Scotland, uh, I, you know, I think they could win the Six Nations. Uh, if not win it, they're going to be very, they're going to be in the mix. Isn't it interesting that their success and their back row is built around almost the polar opposite to England's? The smaller scavenger, yeah. work hard. Twas type. ever thus. That's just that's just Scotland, isn't it? They've always had that, done that quick mauling, smaller body type, just playing at pace, and um, and they did it. And do you know what? Hamish Watson not going on the Lions tour looks looks remiss now in retrospect, doesn't it? Yeah, it does a bit because he was great last season and. He just looks a class above. Even some of the players that that joined the tour as replacements. Um, was it Fraser Brown that refused to go on the Lions tour? Uh, sure, Brown was offered. A, he was, when he was in Australia. Yeah, they said, do you want to come along? Uh, no, thanks, I'm good. Which is why they called it Darcy. Dacey, Christian Dacey. Dacey, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, just a couple of things before we get into any more of the game. I loved this as a spectacle the most. Murrayfield was on proper yeah. form, wasn't it? Yeah. There was there was um, the Doddy Weir reception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got to confess it. It was very dusty <laughs> around my house, and there was a lot. I think someone must have been in the kitchen cutting a, a load of onions or something. And then, and then wiping them in your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, a beautiful, beautiful moment, and um, it was really, really lovely. And the crowd, I think it was on about 60 minutes. All you could hear was them singing, You take the high road and I'll take the low. <laughs> it was absolutely top. Quality song, though. Oh, and, and there was some weird dubstep remix of The Proclaimers, which I'm oh! not, not so sure about. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry about this. Um, so. I, when I was loading up the Egg Chasers Christmas Carol, which is going to be Christmas number one, by the way, um, <laughs> I was looking through my soundboard, and <laughs> I've got some songs on here. And I pl- I played this before, right? But you were down the line, Tim, and you couldn't hear it. So oh, yeah. I'll play it for you again. So a dubstep version of, of what? The Proclaimers, it was. The 500 Miles one. And I would walk that- 500 miles. So do Scarlet sing that little hymn? Yeah. Right? Listen to this. I found this. Uh, I found this on YouTube when I was searching for some entrance music for Scarlets. So just sounds a, good so far. Just normal hymn, yeah. Yeah, normal hymn. Yeah, I like it. Oh, sorry. Hope I've got the right one. Sounds good. It does sound good. Uh, even if it's the wrong one, this is good. Right. So that's. That's what it should, 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 should sound like. Yeah. This this is the um, the chart remix version. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. It sounds a little bit like. Um... Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> but it gets better. Wow. It, it sounds like the stuff they were playing in the nightclubs when we went out to Romania. It's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It really is. Uh, so, yeah, Scotland were following suit with some weird dubstep remix of the Proclaimers. But the whole thing, the, the atmosphere was amazing. The crowd really went for it. The Doddy Weir stuff was really lovely. And the whole spectacle was was fantastic. So even though, though you know the result... 
JP, it's 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 worth going back and just watching. It's really I've got good. it recorded, so I think I might. Shall we do next week's predictions? Well, no, no hold on. So, so on the Scotland thing. So, uh, yeah, Hog, amazing, terrible Barnet. However, although even he can't be beaten on the terrible Barnet stakes, uh, he even he is beaten even on the terrible Barnet stakes. It looks like Hog. You know, if you met a mate and and they went, I've lost my job. I'm really, I've been, my missus has left me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've just, I haven't been out of the house for four days. I'm just, <laughs> have you had a shower? No. Stuart Hogg's hair looks a bit like that. It's um, <laughs> he's clearly growing it out. Fine. He, when, he, when he plays like that, he can do what the hell he wants. Yeah, and I loved the interview with him at full time, where he was so emotional. Yeah, he's, he was, he was a. Uh, choking up welling up a little bit um i love seeing that passion yeah it was, it was brilliant uh aaron smith's hair what 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 is going on there is he actually it's more it's more like hedge topiary than haircutting it's, it's very similar so will genia had something very similar as he well did. so I, it's kind of the tyranny of being fa- a, a famous powerful person i guess which is very few people tell you that looks that looks stupid. <laughs> that looks ridiculous. Uh, everyone that Aaron's, Aaron Smith sees in his little town, like, how oh, are you, mate? How hair's you, looking bro? good, bro. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking great. You're looking great, boss. Whereas if Phil tried it, forget it. Yeah, there might be something in that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, Cornell Dupree's, uh, Dupree getting his uh, cap Scottish as haggis. Yeah. It's good. Good to see. Good on him. Well done. Sonny Bill's offloads make make me realise why I was so excited about the thought of Sam Burgess playing rugby union for England. That um, that Bowden Barrett try, that was brilliant. Set, yeah, I've I've seen that actually. Set piece scrum, just so so simple, but how do you stop it? And they did the little bit of analysis that they did on it. So Sonny Bill, it's basically Barrett to Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill takes contact and then offloads. But Damian McKenzie has run this amazing outside-to-inside arc that no one has picked him up and just mm. times it perfectly. And he glides through and then does a 15-metre pass to Bowden Barrett, who has somehow miraculously appeared outside him, and he scorches in. Brilliant. It Witchcraft, was. mate. <laughs> it's not far off, you know. Yeah. Um. I was going to have a good whinge about uh, Steve Hansen, but I, I'm going to leave it. Um, well, Steve Hansen was having a well, not a whinge, but he was having a, a good comment about how he's go. He was saying a lot of people in New Zealand are, are getting frustrated that they're not winning by more and winning better. And, and I think he was just like, "There you go. There's a bit of a reality check. Everyone, come on, I've, we're winning." Yeah, I, I can see why. So they are winning. They're not playing. No. So if you look at from the start of the rugby championship to now. So New Zealand have arguably slipped a little bit, whereas other teams have kicked on. Yeah. Um, How much is it? Because someone else described I can't remember, I read a, an ex-player uh, wrote an article saying that other teams have caught up. I don't know I don't how much. Know. I think it was Justin Marshall. I think it's that they're not... I don't, I, don't, I don't know how much it is the case that other teams have caught up. I think other teams are improving. I would actually probably attribute it to just the brutality of that uh, New Zealand season. So when Australia were playing, I don't, don't want to cause offence, but they were playing lesser games in, in the summer and South Africa were playing lesser games in the summer, New Zealand had the toughest schedule you can imagine playing the Lions. And all of their players not only played the Lions uh, for the All Blacks, they also played them for the club sides as well. 
and th- that was that was a punctuation in the Super Rugby season. So they went mm. Super Rugby Lions Super Rugby, of which the New Zealand teams were all involved in, the, or mostly involved in the latter stages, and then back into Rugby Championship, and then straight onto Summer Tour. So it has been a like for New Zealand as much as anyone a particularly brutal schedule. Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm just going through going through Twitter, and David Blackman has um, been getting a bit of a, a bit of stick stick today for his coats. Have you seen it? <laughs> so there is Flats coats. That looks like the one that I wore where coming here. No, his is way more shiny. Yeah. It's yeah. made of like bin bag material. So That's, um, it's like, PVC bin bag. If you're not following Flats on on Twitter, do so. It's the sort of thing. Uh, he's very very funny. So th- these are some of the pictures. <laughs> it's lagging for the boiler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks a bit like uh, the stuff you see. That one cracks me up. <laughs> That is a, a picture of a round hay bell getting rubbed up in a... <laughs> it, it, um, those coats, you quite often see those... Gimp suit. <laughs> Inflatable gimp suit. <laughs> you, you quite often get those coats uh, worn at um, uh, by, like, Romanian weightlifters. Yeah, well, tell me this, because you're on the inside there at BT, why do they insist on wearing puffer jackets with jackets on the outside of them? Is that, uh, it's either cold or it's not cold. Like oh, as in a puffer jacket under a blazer. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the, yeah. That's the end look. Craig, Craig Doyle loves doing that. Craig Doyle can do what you do. What he True. Wants. Well, I think I think what you'll probably find is those little puffer jacket things are gilets. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Because you you wouldn't be able to put the arms on the inside this, of a jacket arm. Because they, they all get you know tailored uh, ta- tailored jackets. But maybe that's how you do it. Well, t- well, tailor the jacket tailor the, ja- to, tailor the jacket to house a puffer jacket underneath yeah. all, all, all I can say is I have done reporting where I've been stood out on the pitch and I haven't been wearing one of those but I have had like a, even had a base layer on and a t-shirt under my shirt and the jacket on top and I have been so cold that I could bet I couldn't move my face, and I was worried about not being able to actually talk. <laughs> Report. I, I don't get cold, so I'd be fine in that job. Yeah, <laughs> literally don't. I'd be in t-shirt. Well, I played a game of rugby once. You're so right? hard. Uh, You're I, so hard. I, I played a game of rugby once, right? And it was actually freezing cold, right? Actually freezing cold. And I was on the bench, and I had you know various layers on. Now you might mem- um, uh, remember this guy, Alan Marsland. Yeah, or uh, Judas, as I call him. Um, he is now seventy-five-ish, right? When we were playing, he was, uh, you know, seventy, and he stood on the side for this entire game in nothing but a short-sleeved shirt. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even flinch. Not, not a thing. There was there was there was a guy that was a medical anomaly that uh, was like on a on a boat that sank in the. Um, north atlantic ocean and he managed to swim to shore everyone else died in two minutes and they tested happy ending and they test yeah i know it was it's it's a dark it was a military thing it was a dark story but they did all this testing on him and he had this odd like odd like had some things in like seals with a slight subcutaneous fat layer that that acted as insulation and kept his internal organs oh that explains jb now yeah it does (laughs) (laughs) well there's also the guy in second world war who fell out of the nose cone of a lancaster bomber and and survived wow he actually survived and also there was a hooker that got got attacked by a lion and survived do you hear that one oh i I have heard about that i thought it was a myth but uh, no no, no. no, true we have taken some brilliant tangents today (laughs) yeah so it should be so well done scotland on a gallant effort uh yeah, could have 
coulda, shoulda, woulda, all the rest of it. There was one thing which I'm sure Scottish fans, having talked so much about uh, you know controversial decisions in the England game and in the Wales game, towards the end of that, Kieran Reid, was that, was that really canny or was that um, cynical? Either way, it wasn't spotted, but him slapping the ball out of Johnny Gray's hands. Yeah. Uh, if Culture, you, isn't it, mate? If you get away with it, well, I don't know. It's culture, great culture, great people. I, I don't like this, though. There's a, there's a headline here that we've been tweeted, a link to it, and it said, Kieran Reid's dreadful act of poor sportsmanship steals Scotland win. No. No. He, he did it, and he, and he should have been spotted, could have been spotted. He took a big risk. He, t- he, took, he a, took a very big risk. Very, very big risk. But, you know, like, like his predecessor, New Zealand captain, quite often knowing when to and how to cheat. Yeah. How to cheat. It's, it's fine. It's yeah. good. It's a skill. Um, Wyatt Crockett's yellow card. Did you see that? Yeah. He was another one who looked like like the referee was just making it up, as Steve Diamond would, would say, uh, when he got yellow carded for the ball is still in a rook. Nine puts his hands on the ball, but doesn't pick it up, and he just goes and tackles the nine, mm. and then is astonished when he gets a yellow card. No, that is the law. <laughs> you do that five meters from your own line, you're gonna get yellow carded. Yeah, there, there's a uh, yeah. Uh, I want to get um, like a YouTube compilation of incredulous looking players. Yeah, what me? That's not a bad idea, actually. In fact, yeah. someone actually can somebody be bothered to do that, please, rather than me do it. That would be quite good. It'd yeah. be quite a nice. Well, we've got. Well, Curtly Bill could be the first one. Let's not make it hard to, to go back in the past, and then from now on, we'll add to the compilation. Yeah. Curtly Bill, White Crockett, and uh, and uh, Hooper and Hooper. And There'll be we'll... a lot, a lot of material for Hooper. Yeah, yeah, there will, there will. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, did you see it, JB? You didn't see it. Let me show you. Nope. The, let me show you the Kieran Reed bit. Oh, I can't. Skip this back. There. So Kieran Reed's on the floor having made a tackle. Yeah. Johnny Gray is lying, is about to pick the ball up. Oh, it's a yellow card. Oh, of course it's a yellow, oh, card. It's a yellow card. 100% Goodbye. yellow card. Yeah. He's out of the game lying on the floor and he slaps the ball out of Johnny Gray's hands. Yeah. yeah. Yellow card. I mean, that kind of thing, that's not normally what Kieran Reed would do. No. I think that, that does show that they were rattled. Kieran Reed is normally calmer and more controlled than that well, I actually think exactly what you say he's calm and he's controlled and what what's amazing about these New Zealand guys again you talked about Bowden Barrett reading the game I think that was Kieran uh, Kieran Reid reading the game he looked he assessed the situation instantly and thought I can get away with it uh, they're going to score I need to do this <sighs> oof fair play I think he thought it's worth a yellow card if it, if a yellow card is what, what it gets um there you go. Anyway, so... Oh, in- oh, oh sorry. Uh, here is another one. Who wore it better? <laughs> Rihanna or David Flatman. Rihanna or David Flatman. Oh, he's getting savaged. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely savaged. It was an interesting choice of jacket, that's the, all I'll say. The thing is, I dread to think how much that jacket would cost. I know. I know. <laughs> I dread. <laughs> so we're going to do our Leo Vegas bet of the week. The wonderful people at Leo Vegas, they sponsor this podcast. They sponsor Leicester Tigers as well. And uh, they also are the place to go if you want to make the f- international weekends that little bit more entertaining, have a bit of a flutter because they've got special bets, they've got player bets, team bets, in-play betting and all the rest of it. Just download the app, uh, get on there and have a go and you'll you'll see what we mean. They, they know their rugby, they love their rugby and you can tell that uh, with the bets that you can make with them. So leovegas.com is where you need to go for that one and run through the fixtures then, Phil. Okay, I'll do the full schedule for next week. 
Uh, Would you like to know how many games that I got right this this, this (laughs) Out of 12 that you predicted? Oh, yeah, because you said this was the beginning of the end for England. Yeah, I'm kind of still with that. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what the result, the beginning of the end. Yeah. Uh, Did you get two out of ten, something like that? So All Blacks won. Ding. Uh, got Australia wrong, got Georgia wrong, got Ireland, Ireland, France. Actually, five, uh, three out of five. Uh, did France win? Yes, they beat South Africa. Did South Africa not win? No, I'm pretty sure France won. Pretty sure. No, South Africa won. Oh, did they? Yep. Oh well. I'm... <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so even even knowing the result, you still get it wrong. Yeah, Your predictions so are that I'm bad. Actually, wrong about getting it. <laughs> Right. With hindsight, you can do any- you can get anything right, or yes. maybe you can't if your name's JB. Whatever. Um, what, was the, <laughs> what was the score? Eighteen uh, seventeen to South Africa. <laughs> yeah, I knew it's I knew it's close. <laughs> <laughs> right, fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. Okay, so running through them all: Fiji host uh, Fiji play Canada, Italy play South Africa. Italy who beat South Africa this time last year. Okay. Georgia play USA, which should be quite an interesting yeah, game. That's good. Germany play Chile. Uh, South Af- uh, sorry, Scotland play Australia. Spain play Brazil. England play Samoa. Romania Tonga. Wales New Zealand. Ile- Ireland Argentina and France Japan. Right. So Wales going to lose by a record score. <laughs> I mean, I would say record. I mean, it's going to be the biggest loss. Of any tier one nation, this uh, over this international window. Now, what one thing I will say is, New Zealand. So they have had a very long, long international period. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, Wales have just rested all their players. I, I totally think it matters, mate. Liam Williams is thought to possibly be. Yeah, out. I did see that. That is a big blow. Does it mean that Cuthbert's going to be starting? Yeah, did he do something ridiculous on the weekend? <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'll have to rewatch it. Probably. Yeah. Good and bad, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Even even with all the all, all Blacks injuries and even with them playing all the time and everything else, twenty eight straight defeats for Wales against New Zealand and uh, make that twenty nine. Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna say by New Zealand by sixteen. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it twenty. Mm. Yeah, New Zealand by 20. I'll go with that. Okay. Um, then, so, Ireland, Argentina. Ireland will win. I think Ireland will win. They'll have all the big guns back. Yeah. Uh, who will be rested. I think Ireland could win this by again by 20 points. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Mm. I'll go with that. Is there any close matchups for this week? Well, so, Sco- yeah. Scotland, Australia, I so, think, is, is our... So, England play Samoa. England, Samoa, which should be a comfortable... Comfortable now, oh win word. with rotating in some players. Yeah, who who do you want to see? Well, everyone's calling for Marcus Smith. That is the popular one, isn't it? Marcus Smith did have a very good game. He's amazing. He's quite he's quite simply. Save amazing. it for the Premiership podcast, which we will will do in a in a couple of days' time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, who who would I like to see? I'd like to see Rocco be given a, a bit more game time. More more um, co- more co-reaction. Slade again. Yeah. Simmons, I want to see. Yes, I'd like to see a bit more of Simmons. Yeah. Um, they've got loot. They've got loot. I want to see more of Ellie Skenge, actually. Yeah. The other guy and, who, and Harry Williams. I'd like to see Harry Williams get a start. The guy who I'd love to see come into some form and get another crack at England, or just say crack at England. So the guy who I want to see have another crack at England 
but it was going to be 12 months away at least, is Kyle Eastman. Okay. Uh, uh, but the guy who I think could... On the strength of one game? Oh, no, on the, on the strength of his entire career, mate. And okay. what everyone's, you know... Yeah, on the strength of one game, how he came back and how he played, but he's just yeah. so exciting. I hope he, I, I just hope he can maintain yeah. that for 12 months. Yeah. The other guy who I think England should really have a good look at is Oli Devoto, who's been out for a little while, but, God, when he, when he plays, he, he can do everything, really. Very versatile guy. You can imagine him being very handy in a World Cup squad. Yeah, you can. And he he's like that that Owen Farrell at 12 or Slade or Piers yeah. Francis. The the one I want to see, um, who his club didn't have a particularly good game, but he did have a good game that we'll get into in that Premiership pod in a couple of days' time, Harry Malander. Yes. Mm, I mean, that's, that's a good shout. But he's going to struggle, isn't he? Because... He wants to play 15, and England really... Well, they don't need a 12, but that's basically what they... I'd, I'd say he's got 15s, not a lot of depth. There's, there's no depth, really. No depth. Because I still do not rate Watson as a 15. No, I don't either. I think he's got to... Because he, he's still only young, he's getting more and more experience because he plays there almost every week for Bath, but I still think he he doesn't... He doesn't get the best out of his abilities yeah, playing at fifteen. Yeah, his interventions aren't as aren't as good. And I I put it down to decision making. So he's a very good runner and he's a very good kicker. But I almost think he kicks when he needs to run and he runs when he needs to kick. And also which means you get the worst of both. And worlds. He doesn't have the, he doesn't find himself in the space he finds himself in on the wing. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yes. I was. Uh. Yeah. So maybe, actually, maybe Malander at fullback is it'd be fine. I just think he's a vet. He'll be an amazing centre. Yeah, I think it could be an amazing 12 as well. Anyway, so we're all saying England to win against Samoa. Comfortably, yeah. And then our Leo Vegas. Better Better of the week. Do you want me to play some music, boys? Yes, please. Which could see you get in. It's Scotland versus Australia. Now, this will be interesting. Yes, it will. The highest combined total uh, of points in any game in the Autumns. You think that's what's going to happen? I think it's going to be a tri-fast. Ooh. So, um, I think you could be right, because that, that Scotland-Samoa game mm. was a tri-fast. I mean, to be, that was like 80-odd points scored. Yeah. So... I'm not quite sure that you'll get that far. Yeah, and even though it was what the halftime score, New Zealand, uh, Scotland, New Zealand was three all. That was the most entertaining three all match I can remember. Yeah, uh, for for a half of rugby. So, Scotland, the style they play is just great to yeah. watch. So yeah, I think it they'll is. be tries. I'd like Scotland to win. I just don't think they will. I just don't think they are a winning team yet. It's going to be something like twenty. 20- 28-35. So not the highest so scoring. Not the highest scoring game because I, because who who got? Well, uh, Australia Japan earlier. I'm just flicking through. It's got to be two tier ones. That doesn't count. Australia Japan was 93 points in total. Yeah, it's got to be two tier ones. Okay. So, uh, Scotland have to win. They have to win. They have to. Otherwise, it's a yeah. We it's, st- a, it's a poor. Poor autumn series, regardless of how well they're playing and the positive feeling about that. Do you know what? Yeah, that, that's, that doesn't work. Might, that doesn't work anymore. It might actually be worse to get another good result, but not win, yeah. than to get a pumping. Win ugly. Yeah. yeah. Do you know you what? Got, got to win. 
I'm, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say Scotland by seven. No, Scotland Ooh. by eight. Scotland by eight. They've got to win. I don't think they will. I think they're going to come up short by four or five points. Hmm. Um, it's so it's so interesting this game. Yeah. Now I think I think Australia are going to react. I think they will do. And I think they'll bring in Carmichael Hunt and a couple of other players. Carmichael anyway. Hunt to play in the centre. Uh, or, or at fullback. I don't know actually. Maybe because oh. Karevian uh, Kurandrani. That, well. that was probably the best game they they yeah, played. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And they they're so dangerous. So I liked. I didn't think Curly Bill had his best game, but the way that they're utilising him, bringing him in more, so Reese Hodge can drop and Curly Bill can come in as a second receiver, mm. and then you get some more space out wide for Karevi and Karevi. Oh, Reese Hodge is a tough rooster, isn't he? He, he is. He's a, yep. he's a tough boy. I, they've got a core of really good, like aggressive players. Uh, yeah. Australia. I, I think of um, Howler Hull, Petty as well. Almost like a bit of like Liam Williams in them. Yeah, a bit of mongrel. Mm. Oh, will Scotland get over the edge this time? Or so, are they going to be gallant losers again? So or, where, where are the big battles? So uh, front row, Scotland are inexperienced. Uh, Australia have got plenty of experience there. Um, the, but then... The, 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 that that, that Tatafu Palotta now looks better than I've ever seen him. Yeah, yeah. And Kepu has always been a good player. Yeah. I would say this isn't really a battle of players as such. I think it's going to be more about the coaches and how they go about how they go about their business. I think the team with the better defence will win because uh yeah, there is gonna be an absolute ton of points. So on that basis, I mean can, can Australia can they defend? Yeah they can. They can also score a lot. Yeah the battle's gonna be with the coaches and I think Greg Greg Gregor Townsend comes out on top because he's because mm. he's more flexible. Hmm. I do like the uh I've already, we've already said it, but the the kind of dual flanker or dual open side Scotland back row, which could have been the Australian back row not so long ago. Yeah, yeah, they will disrupt and slow down the Australian ball, so and hopefully wind up uh, Michael Hooper. Hmm. So I'm going for Scotland. I think Murrayfield will be right behind them. I think the players they'll uh, as as the kiwis say they'll flush the toilet and they'll get on to the next uh, next job or as um, ben foden says we'll reinvent we'll reinvent the wall <laughs> ben foden in his post match interview said that was was haven't reinvented the wall <laughs> which is amazing amazing <laughs> very good uh, so we're going well, you're, you, i'm go, i'm going australia narrowly you're both going scotland narrowly Yes. Yeah, which says lots about uh, the game we have in store and the rugby we have in store this weekend. Keep your eyes peeled and subscribe to this channel and we will bring you a domestic rugby podcast in a couple of days' time. Uh, in the meantime, subscribe, tell your mates and uh, you're going to play us out with some music, aren't you, Jay? Yeah, what music would you like? What was the music we were talking about? Uh, you lined something up, didn't you? Yeah, I have. Ready? Yeah. yeah. Right, let the boys play. Oh, yeah, no, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. Just a reset. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So this, we, I've forgotten what it was, but yeah, we should set this up just in case you've forgotten. This is the the dickhead song, inspired <laughs> by the hipster chat, was which was inspired by England's love of barista, baristering. Perfect. Ready? Go.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.